Dave Holmes. What is that t-shirt that I see? I am wearing, I am wearing my own merch. I am wearing my own Waiting for Impact merch. Waiting for Impact merch. I need to get my hands on one of those t-shirts. Shirts, sweatshirts, fanny packs, biker shorts, bucket hats. Yeah. Wow. Get yourself all done up like a, like a kid from Bayside High. Wow, wow, wow. I, I know what I'm getting everybody on my list for the holidays. Boom! We love it. I know uh, that we just realized a dream on homophilia. We sure did. We have been wanting silky nutmeg ganache for ages, and at last we got her. We did. She, uh, of course, was on Drag Race Season 11 and iconically on All Stars Season 6. The, I mean, the, the, the moment that her episode, uh, and if you've watched All Stars, you know the episode I'm talking about, of uh, aired. I emailed Edward at World of Wonder, who we worked with, and said, please, whatever we can do to get Silky, I am obsessed. Yes. And Edward made that dream come true. Do we send bribes? Do we send gifts? What do we do? Where do we send it? Uh, she is so fascinating to talk to. As electrifying as she is on stage, she is just very, very down to earth and super fascinating uh, in in real life. Um, I just, I'm, I'm very taken, and you will be too. As am I. With Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Let's get right to it. Aw, Silky Silky now. The Dr. Reverend Silky Nutmeg Ganache. At last, thank you for being here. No, thank y'all for inviting me. How's it going? I'm doing great. Silky, where are you? Right currently, I'm in Los Angeles. Mm. I just worked on a project that we can't talk about. And um, I'm here once I finish here. By the time we're done, a makeup artist will be here to put slaps of makeup on me if I could do a photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I usually don't use makeup artists for photo shoots, but now it's just like, why not? Let's Why not? Why not? Treat. I need to treat myself. You know, we work so hard, and I just want to be a star. Yeah, you've earned it. I mean, you're already a star. I mean, come on, uh, Silky, you are a star. Um, where in Los Angeles are you? We're currently at Burbank. Okay, fabulous downtown Burbank. Uh, you you were just telling us before we started recording, you are uh, trying to buy a house. Are you trying to buy a house here? No. no, I'm trying okay. to become a Southern girl again. So I'm, I'm in the process of buying a house in Houston, Texas. Okay. Oh, exciting. I know. I want to be a Southern girl. The men are beautiful in Houston. The well, period in Texas, the men are beautiful. The food is delicious. I personally enjoy the humidity and yeah. um, the real estate market. It's fantastic right now. You can buy a mansion for $500,000. Oh, wow. That is very not the case in Los Angeles. At yeah. all. You're smart. No, not at all. Um, now, so I am, I, I just, um, I've been behind on All Stars, but I just watched your epic, oh. your legendary uh, run of lip syncs. And it was, I, I, I truly, I'm electrified. The, the, the way of a lifetime. I mean, the way that you brought it again and again, truly inspiring. Thank you. You're, you're way too kind. Thank you. I truly appreciate no. that. No. So it was seven lip syncs. You won six of them. What can just take us through your mindset as you like built yourself up psychologically for that process? To be honest, um, I, I didn't have any grand scheme of thought process or anything. It was like, bitch, you've been eliminated and you get paid by the episode. 
uh, you need to win some lip syncs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you didn't got to sit down way too soon. You need to win these lip syncs so you can get your money back. And that's all I was thinking. Like, um, wow. Bit. But it turned into something different. Like, I, I think by the time I won the third one against Scarlett, it was like, okay, Miss Silky, you just got to keep turning it up because let's be real. Like, I do understand that um, even though I'm such an amazing entertainer and people have experienced that, I still get equated to No Scrubs when I did No Scrubs um, on season 11. And now I did well enough to stay on the show, but I wouldn't say that it was my most um, well-known, you know, lip sync as an entertainer, you know? But, you know, that's what people like to equate me to. It's No Scrubs and... I'm glad that I had the opportunity to show people that, like, I am a true entertainer um, from RuPaul's Drag Race. Unfortunately, it has become more of they want to see the girls that are popular, not the girls that are entertaining. And so this has given me the opportunity to come back and tell people on the stage, you demand these girls entertain you because we're entertainers. It's not about popularity or how many likes your photo can get. Because truth be told, half the girls don't even look the same in their gigs and in their photos. You know, so mm-hmm. demand these people in person, especially now that COVID, COVID is starting to become normalized and we're starting to go back to shows. Demand entertainers entertain you. Yeah. And it was entertaining indeed. It was, uh, you know, I feel like launched you into the stratosphere as this like iconic Hall of Fame moment. And did you know... While you, I mean, you said like about the third one, you knew like, oh, this is really, you know, going to be something. But did you, did you know this was going to kind of change things for you or the way you perceived? No. And it still has it to some people. Um, it's crazy because like you just watching it and World of Wonder just posted um, a thing about most iconic moments in drag race history. And my Barbie girl lip sync was a part of that. And still in the comments, was nothing but hate. So I had to like back away and be like, you got your moment, Silky. That's all you need to see. Yeah. And I just had to like move forward because it's still like, we don't still don't like her. She's still this, that. And I'm just like, at this point, y'all are just haters. Because if you can't recognize, you know, true entertainment and, you know, be non-biased in your opinion, then that's on you. I went and I did a job and I did my job well. And so I'll take the compliment and move on. There you go. Never read the comments. Never That's what they the say, but it's hard to do that when you're tagged a million times. Oh, it's, of it's so hard. But, but um, yeah. I've learned to not just, you know, like, because they say don't read the comments. And that's just, that's not, that's not human. Like, we're human. We have to read the comments. But I've learned to not internalize the comments. That's the difference. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah and that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, Silky, what are you listening to? What is on your personal pandemic playlist? My personal pandemic playlist? Um, t- to be honest, um, it's the playlist that I've been listening to for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of ballads, to be honest. Okay. I don't do ballads at all. No. Um, when I perform, I don't think that I'm very good at them. And um about around 2014, I went through a heartbreak that like truly broke my heart. So like on my pandemic playlist, I have all like 
sad songs, heartbreak yeah. songs. But like at that time, it really pulled me out of my um, my sadness. And one of the songs that I love to hear, and I also play it all the time when I'm in the shower on repeat, because I often play one song on repeat for hours, um, is In My Mind by Heather Headley. Okay. And um, I don't know if you ever heard that song, but it's like, in my mind, I'll always be his lady. Yeah. So it's always about like a breakup. And I know that it's so sad to even bring up, especially in a pandemic, you know, but that's my, that's my song that it always get me in my feelings and always make me feel so ooey gooey on the inside, you know? Okay. That's, I'm putting yeah, it's it cathartic. Yes, yeah, same. Right? It's, but yeah, it's cathartic to sort of re- relive some of those sad moments sometimes. But does it still take you back to 2014? Um, no, not at all. Now it's like, I think about it in the future in my mind, I'll always be his lady. So when I get my new husband and we get our kids, I can live that fantasy, you know? But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think I listen to it more during the playlist because like when I was going through that breakup process, it was like a healing process for me. And so even now during COVID, it's like that same healing process. And granted, I have like um, the song in my mind in there. I also have like um, Concentrate by Demi Lovato, um, Angel, uh, which is originally by Anita Baker. But I like to listen to the um, Layla Hathaway version. Um Tamar Braxton, Love and War. I don't know why I listen to all these ballads and I don't even, you know, perform them. But maybe I should perform one. I would, I was going to say, I would love to see a Silky Ganache ballad. No doubt. But those, they're they're good. They do help you process the the sadness. Yeah. The negative emotions. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sadness is not all that negative. Sometimes you got to dwell in your sadness. And in your pity, because that's when your most creative moments come out. And I must say, like, through that and through that sadness and pity, I released a book called Silky's Cocktails for a Queen, Mm -hmm. where um, this book, you know, has cocktail recipes that um, they're my signature cocktails. And I named them after girls on RuPaul's Drag Race. So, you know, Brooklyn Heist, uh, Jiggly Caliente, Vanjie, Akira Roger. Uh, Ginger Minch. Um, I named them after those girls and I give like a little cute fun snippet of, of each girl in the cocktail as well uh-huh. as it has beautiful artwork and I must say that it was I didn't expect much from it but it sold very very well so it's one of my favorite things um, as well as I came up with a self care kit because I feel like right now is the time to rejuvenate your body like Going back to All Stars, especially during the pandemic, was like, for me, it was time for me to relaunch, rebrand, and rethink everything that I wanted to do in the future. And so I came out with a self-care kit, and it's doing very well as well. What's in it? What's in your self-care kit? So in the self-care kit, um, it's a kit because you're worth it. And in the kit, it's a bath kit. So it comes with the silky body scrub, um, excuse me, the silky body wash the nutmeg body scrub, and the ganache um, body butter. And so it's like a whole process. And when you're done, you enjoy some chocolate. And I put chocolates in the box as well. Nice. So like, um, I found myself to be common, especially after like season 11, um, baths. 
I love baths, and some people don't bathe. They like prefer showers, and it works very well as a shower as well. But um, I just enjoy a good bath, like to really soak into the body and to like release my mind and you know to just pamper myself. You know, because we don't do that enough. All of us work too hard, and like if the pandemic didn't show you anything, it should show you like how much we used to work. Like a forty-hour work week, which is very minimum especially in the work that I do, because we do a lot more than 40 hours, and I'm sure that you do as well. But we don't give ourselves enough time to, like, pamper and to, like, relax. And I realized that over COVID, um, because there was a period of time where we just wasn't working, and it's just like, we're so bored. And why are we bored? We're bored because we just used to working on somebody else's time clock and working to live, working to be paid, you know? And then it became, like, everybody's working from home, and so then that, you know, it distracts your peace at home now. Because now that you work at home, you, you got to work. And while you're at home working, you're thinking about stuff you need to do around the house and the laundry. And, you know, like, yeah. it's just, then we just, re, you know, everybody mind just kind of recalculated to, oh, we're going to work hard, but now we're going to work hard in the house. And But when are we going to spend time for us? And that's one thing that I realized, like, over COVID, I need to spend more time on myself and, loving on myself because nobody's responsible for me but me and hopefully like i get that message out to everybody like you're only responsible for your own love and your own care like nobody is responsible for that so take the steps and just doing that and i think it could come in the form as simple as a bath yeah i'm I'm, uh, inspired i'm taking a bath right after this yeah but you can go to silkyganage.com and get your own self-care kit and then take your bath baby because it, it does smell very well. It's not something that I just um, partnered with a brand. I actually went to a company with this ideal. And I went to the labs with their cameras. And I came up with each scent and the products that are in it. So everything's all organic, all natural, you know, beautiful cocoa butters and oils and everything, you know. Love it. What was on uh, during lockdown uh, when you were stuck at home? What did you, uh, what did you watch? Did you, did you binge watch anything during the time that you had off? Um, RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Okay, sure. Um, which was a, a weird season, um, to watch because they had so much drama each and every way. Um, we watched that. I, I watched that every Friday with Vangie, um, Brooklyn, um, my homegirl, Jayla Rocks, and mm-hmm. we drank. And we ate and we watched that every Friday. Um, Vange and I started a podcast during that time, um, Word on the Curb, where we're the one So that was fun times. Um, but I really didn't watch a lot of things. What I really did, to be honest, um, Vange and I got on lives nearly every night, Instagram Live, and we just mm-hmm. entertained the people, like entertained beyond your wildest even imagination. We just had fun. We got on. We talked about things. We did tarot card readings with Monopoly cards, you know. We just drank and did silly things. And I think that was one of the greatest moments, not even just of the pandemic of my life, you know, because that's a time where we just got a chance to just talk to the fans, honey. And the and the fans and the family, like, we would be on, um, Vangie would be on, my family would do like a call 
and we'll be all drinking and cutting up and having a good time, you know. And I absolutely loved it. So it wasn't necessarily a television show that I watched, but going live, baby, was everything to me during the pandemic. Um, so take us back pre-drag, or, 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 or pre-drag race, I should say. You have a master's degree in organizational leadership, I think? Yes. Is that right? So define that for us and at the time what what you wanted to do with it. So to be honest, um, I started a master's degree program because I was in a room. I worked for higher education and I was in a room and everyone in the room, including my bosses and some of the main directors were dumber than me. And I would go in these meetings and I would do most of the talking because I was like, what are y'all doing is not, you know, valid or accurate or it doesn't support the student and so i would go in i would talk and it just got to a point where i was just like what does these what do these people have that i don't have and they had more education than i did so it was getting close to a start of the semester i did everything i can to apply i did everything i could to apply to a program got into accepted into two programs organizational leadership and it was um, some type of higher education counseling and some blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, if I go into this higher education counseling, I'm going to end up in student life. And I don't want to no, I'm not necessarily sure if I want to do that because I want to go more into the teaching realm. So I went into organizational leadership and I went into organizational leadership because at that time, a few things occurred. I remember an alumnus of my of my undergraduate named Bob Nolan. He's an African American that is um, an interim CEO for many companies. Like if you look him up, you wouldn't even believe like half the companies he do. So he'll go into a company, he'll restructure it, look at all of their day to day operations, he'll restructure it, and um, be there for like a year to two years to three years usually a year to three years and then he'll leave and then i get a new ceo and i was just like i want to do that line of work and i felt like going into organizational leadership would help me do that more and when you were doing getting your master's you were already doing drag right yes and so did you think that drag was going to only be a side gig and that this would be your like you'd have a career like um the like Bob that you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, to be honest, I never wanted to do drag. Just kind of fell there, you know? Like, I never wanted to do drag. Um, I just kind of ended up there. I feel like I put us in places that we need to be. And so I just started doing drag, and I had my career. So I was very, very different from many drag queens. Some drag queens do drag full-time um, and live. I had my career that paid for my drag. So like it gave me more options to where some girls want to work every weekend. And I'm like, I want to do drag when I want to do drag. Like, and that became a time when I lived in Indianapolis where the booking fee was $25 and you had to do eight numbers a night. And I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I feel like you're not appreciating your Queens. Like that's ridiculous. Eight numbers and $25 for the entire night. That's way below minimum wage, you know, like, so I was just like, I'm not doing any drag anymore. And I realized that like during that, that 
I wasn't like a normal drag queen because I had options and I can, you know, fight for myself and determine what I wanted to do. And so um, with that, I wanted to do pageantry. And that's how I competed for the Continental Pageantry System, um, which Roxy Andrews is a former, Port Chop is a former, Brooklyn Heights is a former, Nation Lopez is a former, and the new winner of Highland is a former, um, Vanessa Van Cartier. And so, like, that's what I wanted to do and I wanted to be. And guess what? I sponsored myself, which many girls do not sponsor them, themselves for pageants. I sponsored right. myself. I paid for everything. And I lost the pageant to two by two points, but you know, that's what I did. And I just never expected that drag would be my career. And it's so crazy now because I've been telling my mom all the time, like, drag got to work for me because I refuse to go back to a nine to five. It ain't gonna happen anymore. Like, I don't know if I can, you know, or even have someone that's my boss telling me what to do. I'm gonna be looking at you like I am a boss. What you talking about, you know what I'm saying? Drag at this point has to work for yeah. me. Well, it is. Well, we are nearly back to a normal life. And more and more, we're just hanging out with our friends. Being with our people. Hanging out with friends doesn't require a special occasion. In fact, some of the best hangouts are just you, a few friends, and some Miller Lite. No dress code. Cheers to keeping things uncomplicated, my friends. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with the taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer, which I do. Have some Miller Lite on hand for Thanksgiving, for your holiday parties, for New Year's. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash homophilia to find delivery options near you. Or go to any store. It's Miller Lite. It's pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Yes. Let's talk about sex, shall we? Everyone deserves great sex, but let's be real. Not everyone is having great or even good sex. But luckily, there is a podcast from Lemonada called Good Sex to talk about it. So each week, you'll hear two real people, a real-life couple or a pair of friends, ask each other frank and frankly hilarious questions that will spark an honest conversation about why they aren't having good sex in the hopes that they can learn new things and put the good back in good sex. Diving into everything from communication that could use improvement, the constant togetherness of the pandemic, interruptions by kids and mental hangups, understanding what keeps these couples from having good sex just might give you some ideas for how to get to your own best sex life. Season three of Lemonada Media's Good Sex premieres November 9th. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be honest because we're friends and you deserve it. My nutritional choices during lockdown were suboptimal. Did not make great choices during lockdown. Did a lot of uh, eating and drinking of feelings. I'm definitely looking to make a little change, eat a bit healthier, and I have started with Splendid Spoon. They take all of the work out of deciding what you're going to eat next that isn't going to make you feel like garbage. Uh, They have over 50 meal options. You can choose from smoothies, noodle bowls, grain bowls, wellness shots, plenty more. They believe in plant-based eating as the single most effective tool that we can use to feel our best day in and day out, plus good for the planet. When you make a habit out of plant-based eating, it allows you to be the best version of yourself. You are you are swaggerier. You have more energy. 
you uh, you lose weight, your sleep gets better, your skin gets better. Uh, I am a big fan of their uh, their lentil soup. They have a pumpkin spice smoothie, as you might expect. Spirulina, all up in there. Delicious. To get started and save $35 off of your first order of delicious plant-based meals at Splendid Spoon, go to SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia. That is SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia to save $35 off of your first order. That is only $6.66 per meal, but it's not evil. It's Splendid Spoon. Thank you, Splendid Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast. What do you remember your first drag performance? What yes, was it? Um, March seventeenth, nearly ten years ago. Because March seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two, will be my ten-year anniversary. So March seventeenth, two thousand and twelve, yeah. I performed at DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana, representing my alma mater, Wabash College, um, and I made a lot of money that night. And I performed "Move On Me" by Fantasia. Ooh. So a little bit of a dance number. Um, when I first started drag, I did all Fantasia, um, Marino, and Rihanna. I did uh-huh. all Fantasia and Rihanna. And uh-huh. um, I slowly progressed into a lot more. But um, that night at that college, I got my entire life. I've always been a performer. I have a degree in performance. So my undergraduate's a, a performance. And honey, I grew up in the Black church. That is a performance, yeah. you know? So like, I'm accustomed to performing. It was nothing new or anything to me. I've been on ma- many dance teams. I choreograph for color guards. I, I've done choreography for schools and um, dance schools. I've taught jazz and hip hop. So like the performance element was always there for me. Right. So you mentioned, you mentioned Wabash College. That's an all male school, right? How, mm-hmm. how was, Allegedly. okay. How, how was that experience as, a gay person. Because I'm a lady. Um, that experience is wild, not only as a gay person, but as a black yeah. person. It's a predominantly white really? school, you know? So I've had my, my days there. Um, I think it taught me more about what corporate America was going to be like. And I think it groomed me to prepare for that. And I, you know, it's so crazy because now people be like, you have these degrees and you do drag. And I'd be like, my degrees actually really prepared me to do drag like so much like dealing with ages and dealing with money and how to figure it out. You, you think if I was a regular, regular, regular person that didn't know much, how would I be able to get in touch with these companies and want this and research? Cause you know, like the body wash is a chocolate peppermint and to research to be like, I need this ingredient in it to make your body tingle a little bit. You know, like it was my education that, helped me to be who I am today. And not only that, um, I'm one of the girls that get booked to talk at colleges all the time. And not a lot of drag race girls get that opportunity. So I also have to be, use my education and my experiences to let those students know who currently, like I was just in a college in Pennsylvania for that Pride Week and you know, they're going through so many problems with their administration. I'm like, y'all are the students. Y'all pay to be here. Y'all have all the power. What are y'all afraid of? Y'all afraid of going there and protest? You're afraid of, of to come together and come out with a letter, write a letter of the demands that you're expecting from this school? Are y'all afraid to, like, because there was 
you know, professors misgendering students. So y'all afraid to roll up, everybody roll up on that professor and be like, we ain't going to accept that? Or y'all, what, like, what, what, what's going on? Like, y'all pay to be here. Why are y'all so silent? But you also, you just can't be silent, but you also have to have strategy. And that's one thing that Wabash College taught me to do is to think critically, act responsibly, live humanely, live humanely and lead effectively. And that's the things that would carry on for the rest of my life. And I glad, I'm glad that I get the opportunity to tell those other students, like, come on, y'all are being lazy. And that's a big thing with, with the Gen X generation, this new millennial Gen X generation. Everybody's so lazy, so lazy. Everybody feels so entitled. Like, we need inclusivity. We need acceptance. Uh, we need you to understand this. But how do you make people do anything if you're not going to be willing to educate them or take a moment to help them understand, you know? So we have to get out of our entitlement because while you're being entitled, remember, Black men in America are still being killed by the police. And guess what? I'm still a black man in America, so I can be killed by the police. So baby, take out your entitlement and your your approach, because nobody in this world owe you a damn thing. If you don't fight for it or, you know, stand by it, it can easily pass you up. So those are some of the things that I tell the college. Also tell them that I want inclusivity. Everybody, you know, the gay community, we want, we want to be so inclusive. I want it. You don't want it. I'm black in America. I walk into a gay bar right now if they're predominantly white men in there, I, I get frowned upon. So what's inclusive about that? I don't know what inclusive look like. What does that even look like? I've never experienced a time in my life, not a single time in my life, where I felt included 100%. I was raised in the black church as a gay man. When was I ever included? I went to higher education, predominantly white schools that, you know, didn't always accept or know what it is to be gay. When was I ever included? So I don't want to live an included life. I want to fight for everything I have in this world. So uh, you mentioned growing up in the church, mm -hmm. you're working on a show about the kind of examining, examining your relationship with religion. I did a show with World of Wonder called Shantae You Pray. I wasn't exploring anything. I just gave my own mini sermons. Oh, great. Just to let people know that if you're Christian and you're gay, you can be Christian and gay if that's what you want. And is that, is that your... Like, what's your relationship to the church now? Because of traveling and everything, I don't ever get the time to go mm -hmm. to church anymore. But I have a very spiritual relationship, and I've met some amazing people of the church that I still converse with and still get mentorship with. Um, one of the people being Reverend Derek Goodman, who's an amazing individual that is now in Connecticut, He's such an amazing like counselor, minister, and servant to the people. So I still have a relationship with indirectly with the church. It's a part of me. It will always be a part of me. But at the same time, there are certain things that I won't accept mm -hmm. in the church. And how was it for you growing up, I'm assuming, in the closet in the church? I did. I grew up in the closet, and it, I came out. When I was 22, I knew I was gay way before the end, and I had boyfriends, and I told my older brother, but I did just didn't officially come out until I was 22. And that was to my family and to the world. Really 21. It's around that time. My birthday is December 31st, so I can't remember that date. But it was like Christmas of 
2011 or two. But um, when I officially came out, I had to make a decision within myself. And that decision was, I have been a minister of music. I have been over the youth department. I have been on the fundraising committees for church. I've done a lot of work with church. And if I don't get into heaven because I'm gay and who I love, with all the works that I've done in church, that means that I didn't belong there. And once I, you know, truly believed that in my heart and accepted that for myself, it made everything so much, much easier in the world. And you mentioned a heartbreak from back in 2014 that's, you know, way in the in the rear view, but how would you characterize your dating life now? Non-existent. Non-existent. I'm, it's hard to date a Silky. First of all, it's hard to date because everybody wanted me to put labels on me as a person. And I just refuse to do that. Because, you know, I, I always get questioned, am I transitioning? Am I, um, am I a, a, a boy? Am I a girl? Like, and I'm just like, in a relationship, why do we have to put all these labels on everything? So you ain't going to accept me for me? Some, some days I wake up and I feel extra feminine. Some days I wake up and I feel extra masculine. So like, what's the tea? But also I won't allow myself. I dated someone while I was on season 11. And I'm convinced to this day that that boy thought I was going to win the show. Yeah. And so he was all for it. And when I lost, he was not about it. He was like the perfect guy. But I don't think that he realized that he was a fuck boy. I don't know if I oh, can say that or not, but I just did. Um, he's a fuck boy and he's a super fuck boy because he's a fuck boy that thinks he's a nice guy. The worst. Uh, that's why I hate Dallas, Texas to this day. I love Dallas, the people from there, but I can't, it ain't even the same to me anymore because those, that, that guy just ruined it all for me. Even though I'm moving to Houston. I dating for me, I have things that I'm requiring and if you, you don't have it, watch this. Hold on. I'm going to show you something. The phone is out. First of all, being pulled up. I have a million and one notes, right? But these are okay. the folders to my notes. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we're going to go into the folder. We're talk about of, some organizational uh, leadership that we're getting right now. Qualities in a husband. Read them off. Let's hear it. <laughs> Listener, take note. Okay. Mm -hmm. You ready? Listener, take note. Must be prepared to build an empire. Mm. that's the first thing because let me tell you something when we get together this is only not like a romantic loving bond we also got to build an empire for our kids because being black in america i know what it's like to be less nothing people that can't even afford health insurance life insurance now we got to have all of that and guess what we're gonna go buy the apartment complex and we're gonna remodel we're gonna have income for the rest of life mm -hmm. so you better be ready to build an empire be romantic do without asking, um, be a protector. Now you have to accept me and my career because a lot of people don't understand drag queens and they want the drag, but they don't want the, the man or, you know, the person behind the drag. Uh, no clout chasing. So if you yeah. just with me, you know, to get some followers on, at this point, we all sniff mm -hmm. it out really early on. So you was, the moment you pull out your phone and want to take a picture, the first time we meet, Son. no, baby ain't no. going to work out. No. Cause you're a fan and okay. we don't sleep with fans prefer to be tall kind you must be kind and family oriented because i'm very close to my family and i grew up where there was four family reunions so i gotta come from a huge family you got okay. some more kids now i 
Now, I did meet a guy that I was interested in in Atlanta, and he was just like, I just don't want kids. And I was just like, so what's the trade-off? And he was just like traveling the world in good sets. So if you got that mentality where you want to travel the world and have good sets, okay. you know, I'm down for that too. You want to believe this, that um, I'm only Oh, I believe through. it. Um, hold the intellectual conversation. Can't have no diamond because my friends will talk about you, honey. Um, you have to have a career or be working on a career. Because I have a career. Baby, I need you to, we got to be equally yoked. That's what the Bible say, honey. <laughs> so you better come on with your money, uh-huh. baby. Because I got mine. And I got me a good savings, too. And you getting a prenup as well. Okay. Add that. Hold on. It's evolving. It's prenup. <laughs> adding prenup. Very mm-hmm. important. Okay. Um, hardworking. Willing to att- attend therapy. Very important. That's huge for me. That's good. That's big. You know, um, you can't pray it away, baby. Yes. We got to go talk to somebody. Jesus um, ain't strong enough. Pray for me more than you pray for yourself. Okay. And I know that's really weird that people say that. But guess what? I'm going to pray for my husband more than I pray for myself. You know why? Because I'm going to uplift you. And I need you to uplift me. That's how we keep the power of a dynamic going. I want to humble myself to my husband. And my husband better humble himself to me. Mm-hmm. Um. You must be sexually adventurous. I am a church lady and I'm a virgin and I've not done a lot of things. And I need you to be patient and ready. Because baby, when I get married, it's going down. Okay. Like Titanic. <laughs> um, appreciates vacations and small gestures. I love to travel, but even when I don't travel, I love to have flowers in the house. I love to have fresh baked muffins or something. So small gestures. Uh, very important. Monogamous. Okay. Ain't no open relationship over here. I'm fat. If you get tired of sticking me in one hole, you got a side boob, a roll, a belly button. You got something you can stick all over this body, honey. It'll, taste, it'll feel different every time. If you want some Keisha, get into this armpit, baby, because you ain't going to get nobody else. Um, you must be a companion uh-huh. because, baby, it just ain't about, you know, working hard and, you know, having sense, you know, Sometimes I want to sit on the couch and watch Grey's Anatomy right? and eat pizza rolls and cheese dip and ranch. So you got to be a companion to me. And, you know, take me to Burger King and we drink out the same cup and stuff, you know? Is that romance? Yes. Is that romantic? That's very romantic. I learned that from my grandmother. My grandmother had a, a boyfriend and unfortunately he died like two years ago. But every Saturday they went to, there's a store called Hudson Savage savage and it's like a like a thrift store and then they would go to burger king and they would buy the two for five he always got the chicken tender crisp and she always got the whopper with cheese and they always shared a drink together and that's what they did every saturday and i was like that is, that so is love is what that that's is love that is, oh, oh. No. is there more oh i still got more a few more oh Just please a couple more Someone that doesn't add to mm-hmm. my insecurities because there's a I have a lot of insecurities, not because like I'm an insecure person, but um from my past and some inherited trauma. You know, being black, mm-hmm. we got inherited traumas. And so, you know, I got inherited traumas. Oh, now this is important. It don't matter if you black or not. I don't have to explain black lives matter. Mm-hmm. If I got to explain it to you, it ain't gonna work. Because that means that yeah. You you don't you don't understand a certain part of the world, okay? Um, you must have a passport. Okay, okay. 
He's out there. So, yeah. And so how, how, if he's out there, how does he find you? Are you on the apps? How do you Should like people to be slide into your DMs? I feel like in this point of my life, if you're serious about dating me, you should make a grand gesture to me. Okay. That's not sliding into the, the DM. I'm a traveling entertainer. I think you should travel and you see me on stage. Give me a bouquet of flowers. Oh, yes. Okay. There you go. And formally ask me on a date. You know, like, I, I feel like at this point, I need a grand gesture because you know what? I've done the DM thing. I've done the grinding thing. I've done all. It ain't working. And I need you to make a grand gesture that you're really interested. Because guess what? I'm going to return okay. the favor. I don't mind getting on a plane. I you know, where you live, when I dated that guy in Dallas, I showed up. That's probably why we ended that one time, because I showed up when I knew he was out of town. And I showed up where he was out of town. And I probably messed up some of his plans that Uh-oh. he had planned without me. But, you know, I make a grand gesture, too. I show up to your hotel with flowers. And that's what I did. It, it is, it, ideally, is that how it starts? Is that he, he, he's, he's starting with uh, a grand gesture and asking you out? Or do, do you ever approach guys? I don't anymore. It's hard for me. It's super hard for me, too. I know that I am very loud and obnoxious as a person. But when it comes to da- dating, I am quiet, more quiet than a church mouse. Like, seriously. I'm very shy, um, and I don't be knowing if they really into me or not. I, I just, I don't be having a clue. Like, and part of that's the, the self-sabotage, you know, like, of like, oh, he ain't into me. He just wore into mm-hmm. silky, you know? I feel like at this point, if you do a grand gesture, it'll be like, okay, it's on a pot. Okay. All right, listener, get yourself to the florist before you show up at a silky show. It's on. Silky, thank you so much. We did it. We did it, Joe. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are the greatest. You're the best. Thank you so much. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, produced and edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Special thanks to Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey, Stephen Sims, Edward Bochniak, and the whole team at World of Wonder. We love you. And theme music by my Ben Wise. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HomophiliaPod. You can give us a five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Thank you for listening. We love you. Mm.